You ready to get zenny? I uh, am perpetually zenny. I know, I know you are. That's why I figured you'd like this one. Okay. And I, I, I think the people will like this one. Like that, that spiritual aspect of why we're divers. The spiritual aspect of the reason behind diving? Well, like, yeah. you know, people do it for adventure. They do it for excitement. I think they the, do it for just something to do. Right now, yeah. But it's the people like you and I that transcend it to something well, else. And I think that's ultimately what where like, you and I try to take the show on a pretty regular well, think, basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the people that have stuck with it for 25 years because they're getting more out of it than the ego boost that they originally may have gone into it for. It's too early for stupid jokes. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Yippee-yay. Your boss, your boss will understand if you're late. Knoweth thyself. Hey, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, people. You're here with your host, Jamesy, and this other guy. And your most honorable host, Brando. Oh, honorable host, son. Most honorable host, son. You ready to get all zenny on the people again? I enjoy dabbling dabbling in the philosophical endeavors of the buddhist tradition well when you showed up this morning with a cup of coffee and a kimono i figured <laughs> I, uh, we, we better we better get all all yes. zenny let's get all zenny the art of doing without doing letting the world guide you let the world happen yes let, let it happen and for for but us you've practiced so much that it just happens yes yeah. and that's uh that's where we try to take the people that dive with us to that place Right, it, it's a lot of well, work. You do. It's a lot of work at the beginning. You do. I'm just like <laughs> a, no, great, a great, a great, a great Zen teacher put, is, does this. He whacks them with sticks. He says, "Get out of here." <laughs> Did you know that the those ancient Zen monks they would, that would come to the monastery door to become a monk with the great masters? The master would be like, "Get the fuck out of here." And there's a lot of swearing in Buddhism. You suck. You don't have any right to be on my doorstep. And they shut the door, come back a week later. And some eventually... Of, some of them are still there. And they'd eventually, eventually they come they showed in up with a bowl of rice and they would uh, show the that master they, was hungry. They wanted it more than their ego wanted it. More. They wanted it yeah. more than just for to the uh, privilege, the ego bo- boost of saying, I'm a Zen monk. Much like the diving thing. So we had a former instructor that was... That was that way to a certain extent. I mean, I admired him for that. You know, he actually would walk out of the class if you weren't doing well. He just like, you don't want to learn. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, the glory days. I, I get that point. Yeah. I get I th- it. Every one of us that were in any of those classes uh, that could not fly today because of no, the... No you know, politically correct atmosphere we live in. Well, if, if you stuck around for 30 years, 
and really became artful in in those ways yeah. you would look back at that that moment and go that was true education well yeah that you but, knew that from the beginning and you stuck around because you know that diving is not there for you to put a another badge on your coat or a patch right, on your coat exactly and it's if you're the guy you. that, if, yeah. if you're the one that wants the badge to show off the card monday morning at the office you'll, probably, you'll look at that moment and go that guy was an asshole that's probably 90 percent of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> No, wait, let me correct that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 99. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're tuning in. They're listening to us because uh, I, I think they... They want the I, yolks. I think, I think they're starting... You think they want the yolks and jokes or do you think they like... The, that was the, a yolk. That was you, a joke right there. That was a scuba I got joke. It, but do you, do you, or do you think they like and appreciate this, where we're taking the spiritual you side want of scuba the, the zen of din. I think some they people don't want the yolks. It. They want the din. You know what? You're right. I mean, there are. Some That's what I hope that people. Uh, you, well, you hope find out of our show. Yeah. Hope they are actually starting to uh, get that feeling that there's more to it than you know getting cards and uh, going on these trips. You know the the well the, the trip spirit, the, the, the trip is the trip is where the the experience happens. So yeah, you, but you they're going that. on the you trips. Need that journey. You can you can go in your backyard in a mud hole and get the. Even more so, that feeling. True, but the, to a certain degree. But ultimately, you need that trip to to bring yeah pleasure to bring boasting points to bring. Uh, well, it does I do that. Go, this the, is go to the water cooler. I'm stumbling with yes. words a little bit because I yeah. know you're. You, I know you. you, you well, because I've been. I know you're going to sl- slap the, the knowledge down. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get my point of what because you. You, you got the training, but you got to get out there and do something with it. So training in the mud puddle in the back mm-hmm. in zero visibility to, to have that perfect Zen state to transcend that into the real open ocean, open lake, open world and make it all come to light to prove to yourself and to show to yourself that you've done it, that you've, oh. that you're, that you're gaining ground and you're gaining it's, enlightenment of sorts. Well, you know, you, true, true you, Zen you or true Buddhism say you are attaching yourself to a goal, which in and of itself. Well, yeah, because at, at some point you. Negates you, the benefits of the Buddhism, meaning the, negates the benefits of doing without doing because you've put a goal on it. You know, I want to attain this certain ability versus you're just doing it because it's your life. You're living, you know, it's hard to put it into words. And that's the whole thing about it. The, any of the great writers of Zen would tell you, you know, it's like uh, Lao Tzu wrote it, that those who speak do not know and those who know do not speak. And that what that means is you can't put it in words. Speaking of which, I've got some words here. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's this is a, a a different take. So there's a there's a writer yeah. by the name of Chris Noble. We brought the, we've brought we, this we've brought this guy up before, up before in, the, in the past, right? Well, his his big book, his original book was Women Who Dare. Dare uh, what? Are dare. you daring me? Women Who Dare. My wife dared me to do a couple of things. I did them. <laughs> I'm not I'm not afraid. I am like, are you daring me? I'll I'll do I'll do anything once, <laughs> maybe twice, but so he's a he's a rock climber, lifelong lifelong climber, you know, uh, been all over the world, writer, photographer, and he wrote a he wrote another book, Why We Climb, 
it mimics yeah, you can draw a, a lot of yeah. yeah it's got a lot of parallels to, to scuba diving and, and not so much the the person who takes the class because they're doing the cruise trip and they're going to do a dive in Roatan and a dive and in Cozumel yeah. you know and, and then you know get back to life and maybe jump in the water again mm-hmm. you know five ten years from now but the person that's been in it for decades well I think and, the activities and, can, and finds and finds the, yeah. the the spiritual growth by going down to the local quarry or finds the, the the beautiful dive, just doing the easy little mm-hmm. shore dive, not necessarily you know going out on the boat to the most the most acclaimed dive site on the island. You know the the, the person that can find just as much pleasure out of the little rock pile and finds the mm-hmm. amazing site there, hidden in a, a heap of garbage thrown overboard, that becomes a, a home for some marine creatures, and they can find a, a, a great fun dive there instead of having to be on the number one wall on the island, kind of. Well, Person, right? you know what I mean? I think throwing the idea that it's fun in there kind of is beside the point. You'll see activities like rock climbing, like, well, they used to use archery. They probably still still do into the martial arts and, of course, scuba diving. The high risk or the, the consequences of being a fuck up at it are usually high uh, in the sense of you could be damaged pretty bad if not killed. So that lends itself to needing or the requirement of having to throw yourself completely into it. You know, you need to be there. You need to be doing it when you're doing it. And, like, you know, like I say, a major tenet of Zen and whatnot is, uh, you know, it's like, and I tell this to my kids, you know, when washing dishes, wash dishes. There's this uh, one is, you know, when standing, stand, when sitting, sit. In other words, when you're doing something, do it. And those activities lend themselves to it. Would you agree? I mean, oh, and, in a sense of you have to be present doing when you're rock climbing and you're 500 feet up in the air. You're not thinking about, hey, I wonder what Susie's doing tonight, you know? You're thinking, okay, don't unless, die. Uh, Susie, <laughs> unless Susie's your climate buddy, she's right in front of you. Well, even then, you don't want to be, you don't want your mind like, hey, I might get lucky because we're climbing buddies. You, right. you want to be, we're climbing, I'm climbing. When I'm climbing, I'm climbing kind of deal. Absolutely. I'm with you. So, I mean, that's and when you're talking, why there's a spiritual you need to be aspect talking, to it. And you're talking your ass off right now. Oh, actually, I need to cry. <laughs> and I haven't even had, you know, I've had this little... So, in um, in this book, Chris interviews a bunch of uh, top climbers and gets their take on why they climb for mm-hmm. many different reasons. You know, they, they talk a lot about the, um, the mind control that they gain out of that, uh, climbing, lessons they've learned, uh, the spirit that goes along with it, how it's affected relationships. It's a pretty uh, cool little book. But in the very first chapter, it's entitled The Way Home. He really hits some interesting parallels to diving. I figured we could kind of Grooving. read through a little bit and uh, hopefully create... Get a show out of it. Get a, <laughs> hopefully uh, create something that resonates with some listeners about yeah. how, how this... They can identify with it. I mean... Uh... Yeah, that, that they can identify with a similar feeling that they get mm-hmm. from scuba diving that these guys have... Kind of narrowed it down. They can, they're articulating yeah. the, the feeling, hopefully. Again, you know, you can't put it into words. So he starts off saying, I've tried to quit climbing more than once. I figured it was time to try something new, meet new people, broaden my horizons. I couldn't do it. In the autumn, when the air cools and the cottonwoods turn gold, my thoughts flee south to the towers and mesas of southern Utah, to evening light on sandstone, to constellations hanging like lamps above the camp. 
to waking in the back of a pickup, knuckles bruised, body aching like it's been in a prize fight, but the spirit soaring in anticipation of adventures yet to come. With its liberal doses of pain, suffering, and fear, the reasons why people climb can seem an enigma, even to climbers themselves. To the uninitiated, climbing appears dangerous, crazy, obsessive. For evidence, there are piles of guidebooks and magazines strewn across the kitchen table, wind-blown peaks rather than family portraits lining the walls, the training log, timer, and fingerboard down the stairs, the late-night texts, Dude, rifle tomorrow! Three short words with the power to shatter sacred oaths to clean out the garage. My friends and I all like to joke that we would quit climbing in a heartbeat if only we could find something half as good to take its place. So what is climbing, and why do people do it? Is it a sport or a lifestyle? Is it a frivolous hobby or a meaningful quest? Is it a healthy discipline for body and mind, or a reckless, selfish addiction? Perhaps most puzzling, why for some does climbing become a lifelong love affair, while others scratch their heads and wonder why anyone's crazy enough to climb at all? Well, I think they can be all those things. Just like diving, you know. Who am I to judge somebody because they want to go diving because they're going on a honeymoon? Well, I mean, is that not much like, uh, you know, the life of somebody diving? Like, dude, we dive in orchard tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but weather, yeah, you know, yeah, weather yeah, looks yeah. good this week. Are we yes. going, are we going up to the thumb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, right, we're right, going to hit, right. you know, uh, boom, out of nowhere. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go jump on a boat off of Lake Michigan. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So you drop what you you were doing and you you go do it. Yes, I told I, yeah. I told the wife I'd be finally getting around I have to, to a weekend for her, but no, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Well, that's where the scuba widow comes from. Honey, I'm I'm a, I'm a passionate man. <laughs> <laughs> Try to twist it to make yourself look good. <laughs> I'm a Zen master, honey. Come on, you knew this. You knew this going in. You knew what you were getting into. I didn't lie to you. For these reasons, ever since climbing began as an organized activity in the Victorian era, climbers have tried and mostly failed to find a satisfactory answer to the question, why do we climb? History's most famous answer, because it's there, came from George Lee Mallory. And even though Mallory's reply was probably more annoyance at having been asked ad nauseum to explain mountaineering to people who had never seen a mountain, his cone-like response had just the right blend of truth and mystery in it to capture people's imaginations and to endure. Yeah. Right? Why do you dive? Because it's there. Because the water is there, and that water's not going to dive itself. Oh, there, there's several. I mean, it allows you, it's a, uh, you, you know, the old, what, what were those were were those words it's an old know thyself right and i can't remember the latin for it but diving allows you to know knoweth thyself it teaches you about yourself that's what rock climbing does for those people too right exactly and that's and where I think when this, you, is, this is right where we're going yeah, right well when you face your fears that teaches you about yourself it teaches you who you are well see like you are right in zen right now well i don't know if i'm is, right in this is right where we're going you're you're not even thinking of knowing thyself but we're taught this is what we're talking well, about is knowing thyself. those are the words i told my children you know all this shit I, I it's not just bullshit i spew forth i try to live it it's an attempt you never you know it's hard in this society number one it's hard raising a family to be to have all those things but i tell my you know give those kids those words of wisdom Know thyself. I wish my parents would have said that to me when I was very, very young because every day, every time it goes through your head, it means something different. To me, anyway. To the rest of you clowns, it's just like crappy words that my dad 
kept telling my, me. My dad used to say this stupid shit to me. <laughs> know <Exactly>. thyself. <laughs> he handed me a Playboy. He says, know thyself. <laughs> that's just, now that's bad. As Mallory suggested by the very existence, because they are there, mountains beg to be explored. Yet when we are honest with ourselves, we see that the truth is not simply because mountains are there. It is because we are here. As the French alpinist Gaston Rebuffon wrote, mountains provide a mirror of stone or ice, a mirror which helps us know ourselves. And this is, uh, this is the, the line that you were saying. In ancient Greece, Apollo's temple at Delphi was inscribed with the injunction, Delphi. know thyself. The oracle of Delphi. See there, man? See, man? Three millennia later, this remains the central task of human existence. Find a way to know oneself. Discover the soul's true purpose. And life flows in a painful play. Fail, and life can seem like a wasteland, devoid of any meaning or significance. Yeah. And this is where we want to dive into bring to bring us, right? Well, yeah, it, it allows you to learn about yourself. That's the and that's the goal. Who that, you are? I mean, when you're doing the same old dive at the same old place, are you just in that rut of swimming out to the cabin cruiser, swimming over to the 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 rock pile? Swimming over to the well, you're aiming for perfection. Swimming over to the sailboat, or are you in the moment? You're trying to be perfect at it, and that you know that old thing. You know, did you have you ever had a perfect dive? I would say no. I'm attempting. That's because you are the cane of (laughs) scuba. (laughs) No, I don't think I will ever have a perfect dive. But you're. You know that's you, that there are elements you, of it that you I keep telling you to get rid of those split fins, <laughs> and you'd have a perfect I've, dive. I have put them on my feet and jumped in the pool right when they came out. Right, right. I did and the I, same thing. I, I was like, what the hell is this? Immediately took them off my feet, and I thought, well, maybe I'm just too used to having something with a little resistance. Anyway, the long story short is I have tried them. Sorry, split fin owners. You, you got nailed, man. <laughs> You got sold. Uh, but, hey, yeah, that's part of knowing that self, making those mistakes. That's why I, you know, when my kids f*** up, I, I keep bringing my kids up because, they're, you know, my job with them is just to teach them. This is life. This is your life. What's the point of it? I, I used to say, what's the point of it? Is there a point to it? Is there a point to it? It's my question to, to you, Jamesy, and the, and the rest of the world. Is there a point to it? And my my answer to myself, because I tell them they have to find their own answer to that, and uh, my answer to myself is the point of it is it. You, it's again, it goes to that. You know, I know it sounds well, cliche. Some, it's the journey, not the, not the goal. Well, or you need something journey, in life to have this conversation with yourself. Well, you do, and you you need, and that you know, the Zen Buddhists, the monks, they used to use archery. They used martial arts. Uh, these were just yeah, they used uh, watercolor tools. painting. They, oh like, yeah, the the sand, and then they're beautiful. And it takes like you know fifty monks a month to make it. And when it's all done, they wipe it away. They wipe it start, away, yeah. and they do another one. And the whole point of it is the work. It's not the result. It's the work. The result is just a marker to start over again. Humanity now faces an era of unprecedented social, environmental, and spiritual crises. Immoral, unethical, and just fucking stupid crises. We're, <laughs> you, you turn on that box, man. Turn on that box. Right. Try not to judge, and there, it's a path we're going down. 
but it's it's a dumbass path. He says, we find ourselves waking in the night, as poet Wendell Berry put it, afraid of what our lives and our children's lives have become. We have tamed the original wilderness, but now seek refuge from a more troubling and possibly far more dangerous wilderness of our own making. Hmm. The technological wilderness of the future. In other words, yeah. technology can put us in a place that, that pose so many quote-unquote ethical moral question should we be doing what we're doing yeah absolutely he says the ecologist paul shepherd believed the anxiety we feel is the longing of the human genome for its one true home the world where it evolved the vanished world of the pleistocene we have been exiled cast adrift left to run endlessly on treadmills hunting through strip malls questioning in video games for a world that remains only in fragments word he goes on to say that participating in modern activities such as climbing surfing skiing sailing and kayaking and i'm going to go in and we're going to add scuba, scuba diving. diving they didn't put scuba diving uh, there I know. Come Chris, on, man. Come on, go. These activities allow us to rediscover an ancient and intimate dance with untamed elemental forces. More than just sport, such activities offer a way of being in the world, a practical down-to-earth philosophy founded on voluntary simplicity and the appropriate use of technology. Well, define appropriate. You know, that's a good word to throw out there, but what's appropriate? Appropriate could mean advancing us to the point where... We're creating artificial intelligence that will eventually destroy us. But is that appropriate? Maybe it is appropriate. Who are we to answer? These are very deep questions. Very you, deep. you have to answer yourself in your mind. I don't think you know two guys on a podcast are going to give you the answer. Oh, However, for fourteen ninety nine, I'm happy to give it a shot. Well, <laughs> that means throw it on through the Patreon. Patreon, Patreon subscribers, the answer is there. Uh, we'll be there next month. <laughs> If you're looking for answers, well, God damn it, we'll give them to you. So the, the, where he goes is that, that blending of technology and technique. And certainly you need some technology, but the way is within that technique that you're going to mm -hmm. build and grow within yourself. Sure. I mean, you can use technology to, to help you learn about yourself. I mean, when it becomes a crutch when it actually takes over the learning of yourself, when it's that, you know, it's like people that escape into these virtual reality video games or whatnot. It's cool, it's fun, it's an escape, and you can become so uh, enamored by the quote-unquote skill to play it. It parallels life, and you, but you're, it's not the real life, right? It's, it's just a game. The consequences are nil versus the real life. The consequences are very... Can be very high, right? Very real. Yeah. The more real, but then again, you get into what is reality? Is it something created in our mind? You know, these questions, these uh, self-examining questions, are you have to examine them yourself and come up with your answers that work for you. To to think that the human world knows much of anything, you're giving it way too much credit. We have things that work if you're going to let them live your life. In other words, them define your answers of what is real, what's life, what's it all about. I think you're missing something. That's for you to do. Ultimately, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If I decide Dungeons & Dragons is real, I can I can throw myself into it completely and convince myself. Oh, and you, you see that. and You, you see yes. the people that oh, yeah. melt down. 
mentally. Well, yeah. You also see some that can be in it and be so good, so zen-like, you know, that it doesn't really matter to them what that is their reality. Are and they for just... them, it was Dungeons and Dragons or whatever yeah. whatever yeah. Fortnite game they're playing nowadays <laughs> or whatever the hell it is. And, Minecraft and Fortnite, <laughs> and yeah. For, for you and I, yeah. it's getting underwater. And, yeah. and um, really being in touch with your breathing, being right. in touch with your mind, and being in a, in a place where you, you, you see... You see three-dimensionally because you are three-dimensionally. Well, yeah. I mean, r- real life is three-dimensional in this in this dimension, in this planet. And four, really. I mean, you've got time. But uh, the, again, the long story short is we are using it, at least you and I, we, we can speak from our own experience. And because we've had these chats over beers and coffees and podcasts, uh, we kind of identify with the same that same feeling you can't put it in words but that same like okay i'm i'm doing this to be in the moment to be actually be living in the 1972 shadard equipment catalog doug robinson wrote technology is imposed on the land but technique means conforming to the landscape they work in opposite ways one forcing a passage while the other discovers it the goal of developing technique is to conform to the most improbable landscapes by means of the greatest degree of skill and boldness, supported by the least equipment. Ideally, I mean, ideally, it, like I, th- yes. that resonated with me when I was reading that. Like, because there's yeah. so many people that you know want the all-inclusive BCD that has has the fins connected to it, the computer connected yeah. to it, the inflator connected to it. That just I just jump in the water. It swims for me. It takes me by the prettiest fish. It takes me to you know around the coolest points on the shipwreck. Brings me to the surface safely, and I get out of the water and show off my pictures. Well, you you bring up a good point that I've said for a long time, and and the sole reason that I hate teaching engineers, and not that they're bad people, but they're so trained in overthinking, and they're so trained in relying on creating something mechanical or technological to do a job for a human, not realizing that we have these abilities or we're giving challenges in life for the sole purpose of overcoming them and using our minds and our bodies and our techniques and become and making it into an art to better ourselves to better ourselves so you're actually handicapping the human being yes by giving them everything they it becomes the crutch and that's what happens when i i see the engineering students who lose focus of diving and focus on the, the mechanics of building a regulator or the equipment, which is so easy to get lost into. And I think that's an attraction too, but yeah, it's that, too easy to get lost in. That's that human, that missing human genome. Right. And we was just talking yeah, about. You and I, I'd agree. I mean, we try to be minimalist. We use our, our approach that's been taught to us from our teachers is a, an approach of minimalism. Chris says, because the path to a sustainable future cannot be purchased or engineered. The way ahead is to become more human, not less. I like that. I do yeah. too. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, and that's exactly right, is to keep giving us crutches and relying on technology to solve our problems creates a weak human being. And ultimately, you know, they say humans make mistakes way more than technological uh, creations by humans. Maybe in the short term and maybe when we look at it in certain aspects, but in the long term, the technology is going to fail you. Number one, you know, it can't think for itself. 
we have to make it think. Even with artificial intelligence, they aren't at the point where it yeah, thinks. Yeah, yeah, right. It, it's, you know, you, you wake up every day, you put on your shirt, you button it up. Once yeah. uh, every couple of years, you, you button it up and you've crisscrossed the buttons and you got to unbutton yeah, it all over it and restart it back up, up again. Yeah, we because make you're mistakes, human. Yeah, yeah. You're going to make a mistake somewhere eventually. So I, I get that, you know, society and, and the engineers and the world mm-hmm. tries to computerize and perfect the the yeah. the t-shirt that never crisscrosses buttons right. or, or the the the, sure, the dress shirt yeah. that never crisscrosses buttons so that we never have that mistake but then where are you someday in the in the future you've lost the humanity of getting dressed right the art humanity is the art that's that's it at the end of the day in a world with ever shrinking options to know nature and know ourselves, skills that return us to the elements become increasingly vital. In a culture ever more preoccupied with virtual reality, experiences that reunite us with wind and rock, ice and snow provide the dash of cold water that shocks us from our all too human dreams. Mountains demand that we mountains demand all that we can give, then they ask for more. The summit is always higher and farther than we imagined. But in return, they bestow the pearl beyond price, a measure of all the grit, gumption, skill, and vitality we possess. And so does the ocean. Oh, yeah. Right? The earth itself. The the, the draw that the ocean can always pull mm-hmm. you deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh, yeah. And that's a human psychological aspect, you know, that what's around the corner. That's what's driven us to where we are right now is that, that yearning, that need. That's innate. I mean, it's in our it's in our DNA. What's around it the corner? Was for I think most it still people. is. Well, well, yeah, I think it right. is being technologically, yeah, crutched it's out. It's taken away. You know, when yeah. you when you can, you know, sit on your couch with a with a pizza and a bag of chips, and you can you can be on the summit of a of a El Capitan. You can yeah. be thousands of feet back maybe. in this amazing cave without you can any be of the, the depths of the ocean. Right. You. You've lost something when you've lost the consequences. I the agree. Consequences are what make it human. I mean, that's our our humanity is defined by our mortality to a certain extent. If we all lived forever, nothing could kill us. What's the fun in that? You know, this is you get off into it's real easy to go into tangent. I don't want to, but you you start looking at our frailty is our humanity, and it's the reason we value everything. It's the reason why scuba diving is so important to us or is such a challenge or rock climbing or whatever is because the ramifications, you're done, boom, you're, or you're destroyed or great pain or, you know, and that great pain puts value on what we do. And can I say that where we take things often with our scuba diving to the absurd. is, <laughs> <laughs> no, those are just our jokes. <laughs> jokes. There you go. Yes. Is uh, the difference with diving is the teammate in the water with you? Well, true. Right. Well, so interacting with other humans on the same in the same does mindset. Does that not yeah. does that not well, make scuba diving give it the ability to be so more human than a lot of these others mm-hmm. activities where you can get into this own world of your own for your own humanity? Mm-hmm. Diving, especially the way that we teach diving, is it forces you to get on that plane and get into that Zen state with a with another person or two other people mm-hmm. all on the same page all in the same mindset all in the same thinking and the cool thing about scuba is you can't sit there and talk about it it has to be internal to in the it. head mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, that's, I think what you just spoke of is with any team activity uh, where it all comes together and the people within the team, they feel it. They can't, you know, they can't go out and go, this is what it felt. You know, you can't describe it in words, but you feel it when everyone's in the flow kind of, you know, doing, doing it without doing it. And you're working as a team together and each person or each member of the team fulfills a certain purpose. I think it just mirrors all of the, the world. I mean, that's how your existence is supposed to be. We're all supposed to be a big team, and each one of us fulfilling a certain purpose. Different, but all towards an end goal of knowing ourselves. So Chris goes on to talk about a veteran climber, Dirk Tyler. Sure, <laughs> sure, he's a veteran climber. Sure, old Dirk I mean, that's Tyler. A, that's, a, that's a climber's name. Right I there. think Chris has got Dirk. a... He's got... Uh, dreams of becoming an author of <laughs> rock climbing adventure books. <laughs> he already is. He's a, he's a big time author. I know, but this is going to be like fictionalized. Dirk. Dirk <laughs> came at her with a look in his eyes. <laughs> Chalk on his hand and a, <laughs> and a carabiner in his pocket. The sweat dripped down his hard pectoral muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Dirk Tyler distills climbing's complex appeal down into three simple categories. The what, the who, and the where. The what refers to what we climb, the numbers, the grades, the difficulty of routes and problems. The who refers to who we climb with, our partners, and the broader climbing community. The where is the environment in which we climb, the aesthetics of the landscape, which can range from a homemade woody to Switzerland's magic woods. As Tyler says, over time, the what matters less and less, and the who and where gain precedence. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with diving for sure. So are you calling yourself Dirk Tyler now? No, by no means. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a step backwards in my mind. <laughs> Not, nothing against Dirk Ky- Tyler if he is indeed a real person. Uh, uh, he's got a good name. He's got a good name for an, an adventure character or a character in an adventure novel. Dirk's a great name. Well, it's a great name if you're going to, you know, there is that Dirk uh, in, in those undersea novels by Clive Custler, I think his name is Dirk. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Anyways. we get we we uh, digress <laughs> down. I was thinking of Dirk Benedict from uh, he used to be on Battlestar Galactica back in the eighties. You know, you probably don't remember this early eighties, late seventies. Remember Star Trek was so huge, and yeah, I, re- I remember I re- my dad used to love Star Trek. You know, because he would and and all old. I shouldn't say old. My dad wasn't that old, but he was like. This could be real, you know. This is so scientific, scientifically accurate. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And then they're like, "Battlestar Galactica is even more scientifically accurate of how we're going to explore space." And none of it is in, in reality. It's all drama and green people. And the long story short is, Dirk Benedict came to my mind, <laughs> and I digressed. <laughs> Chris remembers one evening I was climbing with the alpinist. Kitty Calhoun. How Dirk and Kitty, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty Calhoun. See, I thought I was feeling kind of bad there because Dirk sounded like I mean, a made-up name. Kitty Calhoun, that's a, like, that's a great like old old lady climber, been climbing mountains yeah. for 30 years. Or in a Western, working in a saloon. But yeah, what are the odds Dirk and Kitty get together on a mountain climbing expedition? Come on, man. One whiskey, man. <laughs> Oh, Dirk, you're so handsome when you come down from those mountains all sweaty and dirty. Bring me a cold beer, too, Kitty. Oh, Dirk, <laughs> I have no idea. You just want beer? You don't want straight whiskey? I already ordered the whiskey, Kitty. <laughs> 
I wet my palate. I wet my palate with the whiskey. I'm not even going to touch Now I'm going to quench my thirst with the brewski. Then I'm going to quench the thirst of my soul with you, kitty. Oh, Dirk. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) I'm not a good actor, let me put it that way. One evening, I was climbing with the alpinist Kitty Calhoun. As she lowered, her face was glowing. You know, climbing is a gift, she said. We aren't going to be able to climb our entire lives. None of us know what the future will bring. There's no time to waste being consumed by fear, self-doubt, and comparison. Those are all negative emotions. We need to spend the time given us climbing with all the joy possible. All the joy climbing deserves. Absolutely. I'm so it, does, to... it, it doesn't, the joy of diving isn't necessarily because we're going to the bloody bay wall. Or yeah, right? pretty and I, and I get to do that yeah. bloody bay wall dive. It's, yeah. it's not because I'm doing the dive site where you get to see the red-lipped batfish, which is so rare in most places. Or, Right? It's, yeah, those are amazing dives and just like these, this just like these guys long for that climb on el capitan and they long for being the one that they know it's going to challenge themselves correct because at the same time they also know that any any guy with a bank account can spend eighty thousand in summit everest right to a certain degree yeah there's a there's a difference though Mm -hmm. between that guy and this other climber yeah well one's doing it for the journey the other's doing it for the destination okay and, and I think we've said this before, so it's just beating the old dead horse. The diving to us is about the diving itself, not the I did this dive or I've done that dive or I'm diving these unknown wrecks or whatever. That can be a motivation to people. I'm not knocking that, but there's well, it, other things a, it, to it is, achieve. It's about the journey, there's, right? So right. You, you do the, the countless hours of time in the dojo, right, which is the local the local hole, spending the time, perfecting the kick, cleaning up the efficiency of the movement, the economy of motion, the awareness, the understanding, the, the working together with your, your partners in the water, building that, that team of, of efficiency so that you can, when you get to that destination dive, it flows so smoothly and so so well mm-hmm. that it becomes a well, much better a much better activity doing. than it was right it, it it wasn't just that you did such and such a wreck but that you did it in such a way that it became spiritual well that is the whole doing without doing that's what they're talking about it just happens because you've done it so much you've actually like become the diving it just happens it flows through you versus having to work at it all the time. You know, we talk about that teaching students. The buoyancy has to be second nature when you start to do things like get into tech diving or get into the photography and try to become good at photography underwater. The buoyancy has to just happen. You can't be thinking. You can't divert no, and I, your I would, mind. I would go one that. further on you. Is yeah. uh, it, Second to nature is not good enough. Right? The buoyancy has yeah. got to be instinctual. Yeah. Instinctual, that's well. Yeah, whatever you want to term it, but yeah, it just has to be. It just has to happen all the time. That's where you get that whole, the real reward, the actual reward from diving. For Right, for where you go down yeah. and the wreck dives you instead yeah. of you diving the wreck. Well, I mean, yeah. We said yeah, that yeah, before yeah. when we talked on that Sandusky, right? And it, it's easy to say those words, and I don't know if the meaning can can be construed through uh, you know audio. Yeah, a little podcast like we're doing. I get it. I get it. it. You, Man, have, I to be in it. you have to be in it. You have to be doing it, it and yeah. it, it'll resonate. Hopefully it resonates with Does with, it happen every people? time is the question, too, because I don't believe it does for, for me. I know it doesn't. Some, sometimes you know I had to work at it, and I don't. that's where I go, okay, I still need to be I'm, uh, I'm with doing you. Yeah, this. Yeah, well, because... 
people get complacent. I get complacent. You get complacent. And you go up and you do you do dives where it's, yeah, you did it, but it, it wasn't that same magical feeling that some dives have. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were diving. Uh, yeah, You saw cool. the cool crap underwater, yeah, but. Did the, lo- filled out the logbook afterwards. Yeah. Did that one. But certain dives that aren't necessarily the best dive resonate so much more than others and mm-hmm. it's it's about that the passion flow. going yeah. in the mm-hmm. flow throughout the dive and that place internally that you are more so than the actual location and i think chris does a great job bringing that to light when he's talking yeah. in this the way home right right and for him it, it's the way in which he climbs for us it's that place our mind is in when we're in the water i'd agree I'd agree. He is uh, actually putting uh, what's very difficult to put into words, put in, doing a pretty good job of it, at least bringing stories and, again, things that are synonymous or parallel, uh, these feelings. Yeah. So he comes to the end of this chapter by saying that, as free climbing pioneer John Long observed, the way you climb is the way you will live your life. If you approach climbing as reflection, competition, and exercise, then that is what it will be. But for those who choose to enter the temple and dedicate themselves fully to the mysteries found there, climbing becomes a means of connecting more deeply with nature and oneself, a way of living intentionally with confidence, boldness, and grace. Nice. The words found here are a rough translation of a much older language, one which each day grows more distant and foreign to our modern ears. The song of the wind and rushing water, the hieroglyphics of the stars, the promise of a waterfall frozen to stillness by winter's cold. If I had my way, when opened, the book might provide a sudden exhalation of sage, sunburned skin, and mountain pennyroyal. Tiny flakes of granite, red sand, and a raven's feather would fall from the sweat and coffee-stained pages. Blaze on. Have fun up there, he says. Nice. Yeah, very good Very good choice there, old Jamesy. That, that kind of uh, does encapsulate, you know, of course change it to the feeling of underwater you know the, the weight of the tanks and the uh the compression of the dry suit or oh yeah the, yeah. the water coming through the wetsuit you could put yeah, a the, whole the, lot of, the, the sting of the cold yeah, water on the face the sound of the air going in and out your rag etc etc the gas exchange yeah pretty good pretty good and that's the feeling that that you want to see in more divers it would be nice because it would make you feel like hey we're uh we're advancing as a population in the sense of we're not searching for the ego boost we're searching for the experience and you'll know it when you have it yeah and getting closer to the nature and that's what i I see with so many students and not just the you know the beginners that come in that that i'm forced to teach it's the people that really come to me knowing that i've got something different they felt it to share they felt the tinge they felt the spark and it comes and goes so quick but they're like okay that was it where'd it go how do i keep it going yeah yeah absolutely and 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 those those students that come in that that know that there's something deeper out there yeah that they can can tap in that they're gonna tap into it eventually it's 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 uplifting to me as Mm -hmm. a as an instructor and as a person knowing that they see that right and they want part of it and they, they 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 get to the point where they realize they don't just want the certification they want the it right right exactly i mean and that's that is the nicest part of not doing, you know, not doing the McDonald's fast food open waters because those people are few and far between. You put a whole lot of work in doing McDonald's fast food open waters versus yeah, that doing, line at the drive-through yes. is around the around <laughs> the building. Doing three students every 
whatever months that come through that really are there to yeah. pursue the art of diving. They 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 know there's something missing, or they felt the little flow coming through them when they when they dive, and uh, they want to make it happen all the time every time they dive i dig it man this was a great dive i, yeah, I had, very good had dive. a lot of fun doing yeah. this one i hope uh i hope our listening audience uh got what we were trying to lay down on those hip dudes and chicks well i know we're, we're silly a lot well, you know but, but this is an inter- this is an entertainment show <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh. yeah well you got to give them something other right. than you know they wanted a textbook they could have uh you wanted silly goofy ass textbook you got to admit that some of well, the videos we'll that- were a little crazy like what the- nobody acts like this come on man group group of 20 20 year olds you know 20 somethings going out diving and they're all like you know overly happy well there's, and nobody's stoned I mean, it's, it's, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing as watching you know a sitcom on tv right right i mean it is is the marketing of the mm-hmm. 1990s scuba explosion much different than like watching the the, the copy roll at the beginning of yeah. friends yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and looking back on it, and you're like, you cringe. How did how did I even find this funny? I don't know. At least I, I, I mean, occasionally there's a chuckle. Gilligan's Island, I can watch and laugh. <laughs> that's comedy. It's comedy. It's comedy gold. Well, that's because that's, that's comedy. There's a difference. Brady Bunch. <laughs> well, Sherwood Schwartz, he had a knack. <laughs> All right, gang. Hey, on that note, um, we will see you. We will hear you. We will talk to you. You will hear us. You will hear us. Hear me now. Next week. uh, Talk to me now, but hear me later. Safe diving. Okay. Hey, sign my logbook. Alrighty. Know thyself. Get well soon. Love, Sammy. Thanks for having me. See you, Zon. Thanks for the dive. Dirk. Thanks, kitty. I mean, thanks, Dirk. Thanks for the dive, kitty. <laughs> oh, you're so macho the way you say thanks. Safe di- Safe diving, everybody. got a new dog so i've been up for a while you should tell your dog oh, by the way my my you dog, your dog is very when you're uh, sitting you should be sitting dog my dog is very zen his his uh it's a her but i call her master poe if you any of my martial art friends out there would re- remember do you remember master poe no who's master poe you didn't watch kung fu master poe my dog is blind and deaf master poe has no pupils just whites of his eyes so that's how my dog looks when she's looking at you. So I started calling her Master Poe. You can call her anything you want. She's deaf. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, you can call her anything she wants. She still won't call me. <laughs> she, she doesn't. <laughs> she is completely deaf and completely blind. But she's incredible. She's an incredible dog. But she's young. So what do young dogs do? They keep you up. You oh, know yeah. This.